to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Lila, the educator motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. I just ended my sixth year teaching and now transitioning to the role of a math coach um, at one of actually the first high school I actually taught at um, here in LAUSD. I'm also the CPM regional coordinator. Um, we always like to start off with what we are grateful for because we want to make sure that we're, we're keeping the positive at the forefront where we're, this is supposed to be the inspiring educators podcast. So we want to start with things that we're grateful for, for things that we're grateful for so we can inspire you. Um, and this week I am grateful for, um, grateful parents, um, this was um, a really new experience for me this school year with dealing with um, a lot more parental involvement than I've ever experienced in my last uh, six years of teaching. And it created a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance, if you will, where, you know, I, it was uncomfortable. And within that, there was also this piece where I got to really experience parents who were grateful. You know, we talk a lot about how education is such a thankless um, profession. And I ended up really feeling like people were grateful and thankful for the things that I was doing in my classroom. And that's not something I've experienced before where, you know, students as well as their parents were verbal um, and explicit about how they they were they are excited about you being their child's teacher. And that was a really uplifting thing for me to experience this year, which is totally different. So I'm really grateful for those parents who um, went out their way to let me know how they feel um, in a positive light. That's dope, Lala. It's always amazing to to hear that, um, which means that you're doing, you've done some good stuff. You've done some right things. So kudos for that. Uh, greetings, everyone. Uh, this is Coach Jay here, Jadrian Grimes. Uh, coming to you live from the ATL, Atlanta, Georgia. My Twitter handle is at Jadrian Grimes, first name, last name, J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. I've spent 12 and a half years in the banking and finance arena. I had a really solid, great career, and now this will be my first year um, in education. Um, I am the head of business operations at North Metro Academy of the performing arts. Um, what I'm grateful for um, is just my network of people, uh, my accountability partners, my support system. And I'm grateful to have two of them uh, right here in front of me, um, Lila and Dr. Childs. Um, you two motivate me more than you know. Um, I watch what you do. You know, someone told me a while ago that you're always under a microscope. Um, I'm not saying this to scare you, um, but I watch you too. Um, you all have encouraged me over the past year in more ways that you will ever know um, on this education tip. So I'm extremely, extremely grateful for my entire support system, um, but definitely excited um, and thankful for you too. So I appreciate the both of you. Oh, we appreciate you too. Yeah, you're just saying that for the podcast. We got tissues out, man. We're this is Dr. Christopher J. Childs, your academic rock star, also your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. You can find me on social media at drkchilds, at drkchilds. Hit me up, DM me, at me, however you do it, tag me. 
Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's chat. This week, I am grateful for educators who are about that life. Educators who are about that life. What do I mean? Educators who are really ready for the revolution to start and to change education for the better for the students that we all claim to care about. I say claim because everybody does not care about the students, but for the teachers that do and are about, about that life, I salute you. Another hot topic, as always, on the Inspiring Educators podcast, this hot topic is happy educators practice self-care. Woosa. Put simply, being a teacher is stressful. From managing students' emotional and academic success to creating lesson plans, grading papers, teachers have an immensely weekly workload to an immense weekly workload to handle. With so many duties and so many students to care for, teachers often neglect their own self-care and wellness. Let's discuss some self-care tips. Like this is a stressful profession. But you got to take care of yourself. Woosa. So, Lila, Jadrian, what should we tell our listeners in regards to taking care of themselves? Man, I know this is going to be hard for a lot of teachers to hear. Um, and you might flip your wig a little bit. But I don't take work home. Okay. Um, I know I don't take work home. <laughs> Um, I know that's hard for a lot of people and it makes, um, my hours at work a little bit longer, but I want to know that my personal space, my space within my little quaint walls of LA (laughs) are, um, they're for me. And that's, I'm completely detaching from everything else because I, I hear about so many teachers just, I was up all night grading and I was up all night doing this and you know, I spent this many hours and I, to, and I'm like, Mm-mm, I was sleep. I was sleep at 10 o'clock because I'm not taking, I, I can't spend eight to 12 hours at work and then come home and spend four to six more. That, that is my entire day on, on, on work. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, And I learned that after I think about my second year of teaching and I made it a pact to myself. I don't take work home. And even if you say you have to take work home, maybe consider how much work you take home or maybe giving yourself a cutoff time where you say, even if I do work at home, I'm not I'm not working past a certain time. That burnout is real. Right, Lila? I mean, you you have Mm -hmm. to know. And you have to make it a priority to separate the two. I look at educators like superheroes. I had some people who have truly, truly, truly inspired me uh, coming up. And just look, K through 12. Um, I have teachers and coaches that I could just name. Um, they were one of the first people outside of my parents and my, my grandfather and maybe one or two more family members that let me know that I am somebody, that I do have purpose, that I will be great one day. Educators were the first ones to, to tell me that and to do that. But you have to learn how to separate the two. My number one thing that I would say, take a vacation or two or three, maybe. Go somewhere. <laughs> 
whatever you want to do, whatever your vice is, if it's a basketball game, a baseball game, if it's Fiji, if it's Tahiti, if it's Jamaica, if it's Mexico, take that time to just simply relax. Take time away. You've put in the work, hopefully, you put in the work and did everything that you needed to do to be impactful. But I think it's important that you take that time away from the norm, from normalcy. If you're in Atlanta, get out of Atlanta. If you're in LA, get out of LA. If you're in Texas, get out of Texas. Go do something, plan something. I promise you it'll help. And some of our teachers right now are still in the middle of their school year and listening to this podcast. I want you to think SBT. SBT. Right now, you maybe can't go on the vacation, take, you know, get a long break. SBT. What is SBT? Stop, breathe, and think. You can do this in your classrooms. You can even do it when you're teaching. So imagine you're teaching your lesson. You're feeling that tension from how your students are acting. Take a minute and pause. Just stop. Take a deep breath. Get a positive thought going. And then start back doing what you're doing. That's a quick way just for you to just recommit yourself to the cause. Because a lot of times we keep going and pushing and pushing, but if you keep pushing yourself to the limit and you pass out or you just crack, you're no good to your students. You can't help students like Jadron who looked up to you and listened to you. So SBT sometimes, stop breathing and think. And I like the woosah. But when you SBT on your own, you can do it internally. Nobody even knows you're doing it. But it just gives you a moment to just think, stop, and recollect your thoughts as you go on throughout the school day. Mm, I like that. I mean, I I need to stop breathing, think a lot of times. So <laughs> that's definitely something that's useful. You know, I also, um, back in April, went to a talk by Tim Canold, I, I, you know, Damn, I was Kano, you know, that's my boy. Canold, yes. He um, gave this amazing session um, about, you know, enjoying what you do. And it was an interesting uh, piece of data that he gave where, you know, he did, there was some sort of research done, but basically people were asked who they would rather hang out with, out, you know, just in general on a day to day basis. And, you know, people are listing all these pe- friends, spouse, uh, family members, knows at the bottom, their boss and their colleagues. We do not want to hang out with the people that we work with. And it's unfortunate. And uh, he also spoke to the fact that part of that is that we don't know a lot of the people that we work with, you know, um, in terms of on a personal level. And that can make all the difference. Of, of feeling like you don't want to be at work or, you know, creating that, that burnout where if I know the people I work with and I'm happy to walk into work and be like, hey, Ashley, hey, Liz, hey, you know, Charlotte, like I'm saying hi to all these people because I'm excited to see them. I'm happy to see them. I want to know about the new baby. I want to know about how the wedding went. I want to know about um, that trip they just took where I find a piece of me is, is, is really excited to be at work because I enjoy the people that I work with. I genuinely care about them. Um, and I think that that's something that's a, sometimes really hard to do if, you know, if you don't have that time, you know, if your teachers don't all come together and eat lunch together, for instance, you know, we don't, 
have those spaces or that time to do that, teaching can be really isolating. But when you find the time to engage with your colleagues and get to know them and you really want to be around them, I think that can also make a lot of, a really big difference in terms of your burnout. Now, people are going to say I'm mean-spirited for this, but what if you don't like your colleagues? Like, there's some colleagues in some places people work, you just don't like your colleagues. Facts! <laughs> so, so you need to find just another outlet instead of some of your colleagues. This, that's reality for some people. I'm I'm sure though it it's someone. I mean, one thing I think both great points. Like, I mean, Chris, I'm with you. Like, you just don't like the people you work with. There are those people. Something I want to mention that's becoming more and more prevalent in the education space now that it's extremely prevalent in other industries that I've worked in and saw is Gallup. And if you're familiar with Gallup, one of the questions that are on Gallup is, do you have a best friend at work? Um, I think it's important to find someone. Um, that you have a commonality or a balance with. If it's 40 people in your building, whether they be someone in administration, whether it be a teaching colleague or what have you, even though you may not like people, I'm thinking there may be someone. I mean, let's face it, right? You're there 180 days out of the year, uh, some, uh, two, you have to see these people, right? So find someone uh, there. Uh, that you don't necessarily have to be the bestest of pals, but find a commonality, something that you may share. I think that helps with the whole stop, breathe, and think. That might be, you might need a stop, breathe, and think person, and that's it. And that's all the accountability you need. If they see something's happening or whatever, um, you may need that person. My job is always to find any job, one good friend, just one. So if you listen to this episode and we worked together prior, you can just assume you're that one good friend, even if you listen, <laughs> even if you listen to it with three other coworkers, just in your mind, assume you're the one good friend. But I want to share some key ideas that, that can help you with self-care beyond stop, breathe, and think. As Jadrian pointed out, number one, don't do it alone. So find someone that you can bounce off of each other in a sense and support each other. So that's number one, don't do it alone. Number two, it is not selfish to think about self-care. A lot of people think if I'm not pouring all of my energies into the kids, into my job, that's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. You got to focus on self. In my opinion, you have to focus on self first. If you don't take care of yourself, how can you help someone else? When you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask fall down, they say, put your mask on first before you can help someone else. You gotta take care of yourself first. Number three, self-care is not always fun and pretty. So you may not take a vacation. It could be just writing a budget or cleaning the house, but it's still something you're doing for you. And number four, create a to-be list, not a to-do list. Don't focus on the things you must do. Focus on a list of things that help you be who you want to be. Create a to-be list. Put the focus back on you so you can take care of yourself. Lila and Jadra, any final thoughts? And the fact that you just mentioned that to-be list made me think about that book that, you know, you pressed me to read, that Earl Nightingale, Lead the Field. That right there, um, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's being uh, narrated by what? Who is the guy? Earl, Earl James? <laughs> His real deep voice. It's not him exactly, but it sounds like that. Um, and, and when you're listening, it sounds so basic. But when 
the reality is that the way he tells this story about how you can develop into who you want to be or do things for you, it's, I mean, it just feels so revolutionary, even though it's so simple. When I tell you, uh, one of those things being, and this is something I personally have tried to work on this um, essence listening to it is, you know, you treat everybody like they're the most important person in the world. I know Chris would definitely push back against that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the people that are the most important, you know, or become the most uh, famous or the most inspired people that you know are not like that because they, you know, they didn't become super nice because they were famous. They became famous because they were super nice in the way they treated other people. And, and that's something that I noticed when I, the more positive energy that I've been putting out, I've been able to get a lot more back. And it's really helped with my, um, my self-care and, and really helped with me staying afloat and feeling like I'm, I'm not going to burn out and I can still be happy and I can still be positive on a day-to-day basis. Happy educators practice self-care, point blank, period. You empty yourself so much every day for so many others. Pour back into yourself so that you're ready the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year. Self-care is important in any industry, in my opinion, but extremely important um, in education. So during the summer, whether it's self-help conferences, TED Talks, church, vacations, whatever, pour into yourself um, because you have a heck of a duty to do um, every day and, and every year that you're in that classroom. So self-care is, is extremely important. Make sure you do it. Make sure you do it. All I'm going to say is look at that beautiful person you see in the mirror every single day. day. Make sure you take care of that person first. Let's transition. One of the things on this show, we want to inspire you to keep you going, to make things work for you, just to encourage you. Today's inspirational moment is being brought to you by none other than Lila. Take it away. So something that I've um, recently, you know, I've talked previously about being more self-aware. I think something that I've also realized is really important for me as a human being is doing what's best for me, not for the next person or the organization or the company. I've really had to think about the fact that I don't need to put other people first. And a lot of times in teaching, you know, we we think about, oh, you know, I can't do this because, you know, my students and, you know, I I really want my students and, you know, I just, I'm really thinking about them and, you know, this and that. And I get it. We get real emotionally involved with our students and it's hard for us to detach something like that is really, it truly becomes your identity sometimes. Like how you feel about yourself is sometimes directly attached to how you feel about yourself as an educator. And what I realized recently is that Doing what's best for me means separating those feelings sometimes and realizing that I don't have to save the world all the time, every minute of the day. And I think, unfortunately, I've spent a lot of my time in education or just in my life in general trying to always save the world and trying to always put everybody first and consider everybody's feelings and consider what everybody else needs and wants. 
And sometimes in the, in the more recent, you know, times within the past few months, I've really sat back and said, nah, like I got to do what's best for Lila. I got to think about what's going to be best for me. I, I, I feel bad about how some of my decisions may impact the, the school or the student or the parent or whomever. But the reality is that when I don't feel good, I'm not at my 100%. I'm not going to give you even close to the hundred to whatever I got left because whatever I have left, I'm now dedicating for me. So at the end of the day, it's, it's difficult to do, but you really got to think about putting your needs first. It's, it's about you. And it's hard for a lot of people, not even just in education to be selfish. Sometimes I am, I am learning the appropriate times, but I'm learning to be real selfish nowadays with my time, with my energy, with my positivity, with, you know, the the decisions that I make, I've become a lot more selfish in doing that in order to be able to produce the best version of me and to be as happy as I can be and to be able to give people a product of me that's going to be so beneficial to the world as opposed to if I gave you whatever I think, you know, trying to spread myself thin to accommodate everybody. It do something that I might not even potentially want to do. I'm not even passionate about. It. I'm not even interested in. I'm doing what's best for me. I'm being selfish. And I'm considering the fact that when I do that, I'm going to eventually give you the best version of me. And you'll actually like what I'm giving you better than you would have liked what, I, what you thought you wanted. You didn't know that you wanted this version of me until I gave it to you. So stop expecting that, you know, the people want, you're going to give everybody exactly what they asked for. No, I'm going to give you what I got. <laughs> and then you're going to realize that was better than what you could have even imagined. Spot on, spot on. You got to focus on yourself. If, if you're listening to this episode, leave it with focus on yourself. This has been the Inspiring Educators podcast. We thank you for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you. We'll see you in the next episode. We are Maria. Bye. <laughs> You know what? That's a new. I don't know when you developed that one right there. <laughs> my boy playing sharp. For real. Come on, skip. Skip. Oh my God. You're not here for yeah. that today, Chris. <laughs> Yo, skip. <laughs>